It is the Chicagoverse podcast on the Dynasty Podcast Network, featuring interviews with Chicago's premier artists in industry and creatives and culture leaders. Hosted by Haima Black, welcome to Chicago. Haima Black, live on December 30th here at the end of 2017 from Dynasty Podcast Home Studio, and I am here with Uma Blue. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Good. Thank you for being my last interview of the year. Thank you Appreciate for it. having me. Yeah, absolutely. We were connected through a mutual friend of ours, Julia Johannick, who is managing you, and she has done a lot of work with the podcast uh, over the years. So, like, you you come very highly recommended. Oh, so. oh I love Julia. I can't get enough of her. Yeah, absolutely. No, Julia's <laughs> great. Um, so we always kind of start the interviews where we're talking to an artist, you know, like, asking, where did this begin for you? How did music start for you? What was the origin of that? Um, I think really when it started, it was my big secret for forever, literally until last year. I didn't tell anybody that it was even something I was interested in, but it started when I was a kid and I don't think it was strange because it was just something I did compulsively, you know, when you're a child and you just don't really question, you're like, I like this thing. Sure. You're just doing it. Yeah. So I used to, I was mostly singing though. I'd always like run around the house and sing, but I was terribly stage fright. So I would just kind of. Like, I tried out for the um, Catholic school choir in third grade, and I could, like, barely whisper. <laughs> and um, So they didn't even let me in the first time I tried. And then I, like, asked if I could re-audition, and I think he was like, you just seem to care about this, so we'll put you in. So I guess... That was nice. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Blazer really did me a solid there. And I think, yeah, I started singing then, and I started playing guitar. Uh, I got a guitar for my eighth birthday. Nice. I, yeah. And, um, yeah, ever since then. And I, I've said this a bunch of times on this podcast because I always kind of start with that question, but it's like it seems so often like the people who I'm sitting here with who have made it their pursuit, made it their craft to be a professional musician or even like not just musician, you know, like video producer, content creator, writer, whatever it is. It always starts with like a parent or, you know, like that teacher that actually gives a shit or a cool aunt or uncle. It's like it was always that person at like age three or age five or age eight, like that I don't know. It sounds very obvious to say, but it makes such a huge difference to, like, I think, introduce these kind of tools or options really early to people. You yeah. Know? So you said that you were doing this in private. Like, this was kind of a secret thing. Like, what... Bring us into that. Like, talk about that. Well, it was just... Um, I guess it was never something that was really encouraged. My, I mean, my family... Uh, hockey was the big thing for them so I was playing (laughs) hockey and like singing in secret you know and I remember yeah I would be in the locker room and just be really frustrated because I would be like halfway through like choreographing something at home and you know it would just it wasn't it wasn't that they didn't care it was just kind of like I had three other siblings and even my parents played hockey so like everybody was really preoccupied and I just in secret knew that I really loved doing this thing that's such a like like 90s like movie plot oh my God. where it's like the whole family wants you to be a hockey player but you're like I just gotta sing I'm like no I don't want to put those skates on yeah Mom. that's like a total movie trope <laughs> that was your life that's awesome I know yeah it was literally <laughs> I know it was so I used to like sing in the backyard too and I was just I was really shy about it because I really really liked it and I think that the same you know when you see it, I don't know, I guess I really was just very shy and I didn't think that I was like good at anything and I was really like sensitive and like, don't look at me. You know, I sure. would just wilt if you looked at me the wrong way. And um, 
So it was, you know, and I guess it just always was like that. And I'd never even, like, I because I took guitar classes even. Um, and then I quit because I didn't like my teacher. And then we just never really got around to finding another teacher until I was, like, 15. And then at that point, I had a teacher that was so, like, do this. You're, you know, believe in it. Yeah. And I was, like, shut up. <laughs> you know, like, no, 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 it's nothing like that. And. Uh, you know, I guess I was just always very insecure, and so I just kept kept it to myself. And it, it was kind of like how I got through that. You know, I just mm-hmm. kind of was like, oh well, I'll just like sing when I'm alone, and that's how I'll like feel good about myself when I'm alone. Was there anybody you led into that, like a cool sister, or like a best friend, or was it literally just only you? Like, it was really just me. I mean, I think that I hinted at it. Like, I would tell people. You're like double life. Yeah, right. You're oh, like you're like Peter Parker going in and being like, yeah, I captured these pictures of Spider-Man. And everyone's like, wow, how are you always there? He's like, I don't know. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> you're like hinting at this thing. Yes, I am Spider-Man. That's actually what this interview is for. That's awesome. Um, no, I, well, I would talk about it and it just kind of seemed like whenever I would talk about it, people seemed, and I was probably just being like, I don't, you know, it just seemed like people would get annoyed by it because I would get so excited. And um, I, I remember I went to go see, like, Katy Perry <laughs> in concert. And not that I was even, like, a huge fan of it. It just sounded like a fun thing to do, and it was crazy. And I, I saw her, like, documentary or whatever, and she mm-hmm. talked about how she got dropped from, like, three labels before anything happened. And I just wouldn't shut up about it. And I, my friend, I think, literally rolled her eyes at me, and I was like, okay, fine. I'll just, like, keep this in, I'll like, show you. Right? Yeah, and I don't know. In a, in a way, it's kind of strange. I think that the more it seemed to me from, like, outside sources that it, like, wasn't something that I should look into or really take seriously, the more I was, like, I know I like this and, like, you know, I'll really stick it to them one yeah. day. So how did you... Okay, well, actually, let's back up for a second first. Which Katy Perry tour? Oh, it was, I was like in high school even, I think. It was the um, Teenage Dream. Oh my God, I'm so jealous. I saw her for, um, what was the record after Teenage Dream? Was that Prism? I think so. Yeah, I saw her for Prism, which was mm-hmm. a blast. She's a great performer. Yeah, she's really fun. But I wish I could have seen Teenage Dream. Because that record's like a classic. Oh my God. That's a bop. Totally slaps. The yeah. entire album is like, dang, yeah. Yeah. I still love it. Yeah, man. R.I.P. Like, I, I want Katy Perry to come back strong. I know. I know. Yeah. So, anyway, so we could talk about Katy Perry all day. but um, <laughs> And that could be a separate podcast. But mm-hmm. so you, you kind of have this thing where, like, you, you've brought it up a little bit. People are, like, kind of tired of you hearing about it. So how did you kind of, like, turn the corner from this being the private thing to where you start to, like, put yourself out there as an artist? I think, I mean, a multitude of things. I, um... Being in Chicago was a big part of it, I think, because I also just lived in areas like I was in Cleveland, which like did have a music scene, but it was a lot of like screamo, you know. So, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, did the Rock Hall influence you at all, or like did you not even go? Is that one of those things that people in Cleveland like treat the way that we treat like Navy Pier? Like it's like a tourist trap. They're like, I don't need to go to that. It was. I mean. I, did, I went in high school, and I was really excited about it at that point. But, I, yeah, I just kind of forgot it was there. It's right next to the Science Center, which is really fun. Okay. So I just went to the Science Center all sure. the time. Sure. All but right. probably, yeah, I think it is something that you, like, take for granted. And then, you know, yeah, I think I know a lot of people in Cleveland that are like, it's not even that great. Right. Um, we got melt. We don't need 
Yeah, yeah, we have grilled cheese. (laughs) Um, So you're in Cleveland, like, and everything there was, like, Screamo. Yeah, or, like, the, at least, whatever. I I was really isolated, so I didn't, if there was more, like, indie things or something that would speak to me more going on, I didn't know about it. And then I got sent to boarding school when I was 16, which was, like, even, (laughs) so, like, but I um, this uh, is such a movie though. <laughs> this is such a movie. You had the family who wanted you to be one thing, and then you had like the like mentor at fifteen that's like you can do it, and you're like, no, I can't. And then you got sent to boarding school. <laughs> Holy shit! Like not that I'm like telling you not to be a musician, but like in addition, also definitely write a screenplay. Because <laughs> I would totally watch this. It's so absurd. I know. Sometimes I t- speak of it out loud, and it's just. It's so weird. Like, why like if was you were it? describing this as a Netflix show, I'd be like, no, I'm sold. I'm going to go watch it. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, it didn't help. Like, the the boarding school I was at was, like, this... It was primarily known for, like, winter sports, so, like, skiers and, and stuff. <laughs> well, and you so can't escape it. I had no business being there at all. And, I mean, I'm not saying it was the worst place in the world, but I am saying if you, like, love your children, you would never send them to boarding school. <laughs> um, wow. Okay. Yeah. but And so there was no music scene up there. Everybody was just really into, like, like bro culture. So everyone was, like, talking about lacrosse and, like, Avicii. But like nothing that like This is such a moment in time, lacrosse and Avicii. It I was horror. I know. I think the only song I heard for like my junior year was Levels. Of by course. It. That was the only song that existed that year. Yeah. And I mean, to be honest, it I got psyched every time. I was like, sure. totally, this is crazy. Levels but like, is a banger. Yeah, yeah, you could really throw down to it. But um yeah, so I, I don't know. I just, like, didn't even... I wasn't even, like, in touch with music at all. I mean, I had, like... I didn't know any, like, music sites or anything, so I really was just going off of, like... I was a really big fan... Oh, my God. I was a really big fan of Blink-182. Sure. Who isn't? I mean, yeah. To- great harmonies. Absolutely. Honestly. That self-titled is a classic. It's... It's so good. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel like this is, like, a stepbrothers thing. I was like, did we just become best friends? Yeah. Oh, no. I mean, it, I was so angsty. So, like, sure. they were just, like, the most, like, elementary version of angsty. So, I was, like... Yes. Yeah, it's, like, angst 101. <laughs> yeah. It is. It's, like, for, like, grade schoolers. Yeah. But, I, yeah, no, I mean, I guess... The, thank <clears throat> you, Mark Hoppus. I, like, followed his Twitter, and that was... I got some music recommendations from that. And so, I, like, he talked about listening to The Cure. So, I listened to a ton of The Cure. And, like, I think he even, like, gave a shout-out to Best Coast. And that's, like, the first time I heard, like beachy music and I was like wow what a world right um and so coming to Chicago where there's just everything right and so many yeah there and yeah like there's just every single night you could see any genre of music you could go to two shows you could go to three shows Sure, absolutely you could bounce around yeah and so and I mean it seems so glamorous too coming from like vineyard vines to like denim jacket central right it was like even just I'd only, like, heard about that in, like, books that I read. Like, I read A Visit to the Goon Squad, which was all about, you know, like, the punk scene in the 80s. And that just, you know, you can find that here. So I did. Yeah. And then I think just from there, it was, like, I knew that I had this need, and I knew that I always loved playing music. And just all of a sudden, it seemed like, why am I not doing that? So did it feel like once you got to Chicago, it finally became, like, a cult, like a climate and a culture where you're like, nobody's going to make fun of me for doing this here. Like no one's going to be like, why would you want to be a musician? I think that it was, I don't know. It was weird. Cause it, it went, 
it got worse before it got better, of course, as it always seems to As it go. always does. Yeah. And so I came here and I was really intimidated by all of it. And it, I mean, I think also it took me a long time before I could really articulate like why I was like in so much pain all the time. Because, you know, when you have a need, eventually you're like going to do something about sure. it. And this had been like bottled up for forever. And I didn't, you know, there didn't seem to be anybody like me that was like making, there wasn't, I didn't see myself in any of these places. And so I would just go and watch other people do it and get really drunk because I was really like upset and I didn't know (laughs) why. And then I was just like, oh, you're really jealous. And that's actually kind of where burlesque comes in because I think that once I started doing burlesque and like that was really empowering and super just like, you know, it was, it's so funny to me that like forever, like stripping for people, so easy. But singing, absolutely not. So a totally different kind of vulnerable. Well, sure. I was going to say like, I think not that, and I'm not remotely like discounting burlesque because that like is an immensely talented skill, right? And mm-hmm. that's very brave. But like, like when you're singing and those are your lyrics, it's kind of like a more emotional vulnerability, you know, yeah. and that can be, I think, definitely scarier in some ways. Yeah, and I think that, like, I don't know, I never <clears throat> really felt that attached to my body. So for me to, like, I mean, I definitely felt bad about it. Like, in, I mean, it's always a process, but burlesque really did help with, you know, it just, it matters to me less now. And so I think that even just, like, being seen on stage, like, being on stage was something that I needed to get over. Because I definitely, have, like, always loved performing, but, like, in my own privacy, I guess. And like, I could imagine the world much more. I don't know what I'm saying. No, no, no. Everything you're saying makes sense. And how did you kind of get connected? So, okay. Sorry, me, no, no. I love Like, these are all things I was going to ask about. When you came to Chicago, was that for college or what yeah. brought you? Okay. Yeah, it was definitely, it's honestly, it's, I got so lucky. I feel like everything that I've done that ended up being good for me has been a complete whim. Like I just, thank God it worked out. Sure. Cause I wasn't even, I mean, I came, I came here to go to acting school because in, I did theater at boarding school and that was like really what I think helped me get through the two years that that was. And um, so I came here and I, but I also just, you know, it was something that I just really liked to do. And I don't know, it was just kind of like, oh, here's the next step. Just go to school now. And so I applied for, I just knew I wanted to be in a city. So I applied to Pace in New York. I applied to Emerson in Boston and Columbia in Chicago and then Columbia was just the first place to let me in so I was like great that's what I'm gonna do (laughs) yeah so okay so you get to Chicago you do school like when does the burlesque start what was your entryway into that again totally random I uh I started my second semester so I was 19 and uh a boy in my voice for the actor class had just been like talking about how he was in burlesque rehearsal and how it was really fun And I just remember thinking, that's really interesting. Are you guys good at it? And he goes, no, we're all just learning. It's just very fun. Yeah. And so I think, and then it wasn't until the following semester that I guess I was just having like a real like white girl eat, pray, love moment. Like I need to do something scary. (laughs) You know, I need to like get over this like funk that I'm in. (laughs) And um, I uh, just, I guess I just remembered that he had said that. And I looked up like Dita Von T's videos and sure. my dumb ass was, like, watching it, like, I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, that's sure. Starting at D. Devon T's level is, like, watching, like, a Best of Michael Jordan clip on <laughs> YouTube and being like, that doesn't look so hard. You I just... can do that. <laughs> I got sneakers. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. 
And so, uh, and then I just looked up, I just Googled like burlesque in Chicago and Vodzilla was the first thing that popped up. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're really established. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No. And I mean, and then I just, I just, I took a class with Pochop who I still credit to like really being like my, she was really, really helpful. She's an incredible teacher and just artist and human being in general. But yeah, I just like started there and then I didn't stop. That's awesome. So that paves the way for you to suddenly become comfortable enough to like put yourself out as a musical artist. Yeah. I guess bring us into like, did you put out a song online first? Did you start performing it like in front of like small crowds first? Like what were those like initial baby steps out there? I, um, so my first thing into, well, so I was playing, I never stopped playing. Like, so I was always, yeah, that was a constant. And so I had songs and, um, I don't know. I think it was like a combination of like, I was really angry and if you just, like, go to enough shows and see a bunch of, like, drunk douchebags playing on stage and you're like... I can do this better. Yeah, like, yeah. why? This is ridiculous. And so um, I, my friend posted something about wanting to do, like, an acoustic show because at the time I only had my acoustic guitar and that's it was quiet, so it was easy for me to, you know, stay hidden. And um, she just posted that she wanted to do an acoustic show in her apartment and that if anybody wanted to play to hit her up. And so I did. And it was great because it so happened to be on a night where, like, another show was happening. So I knew everybody that I knew would be, like, there. Nice. Yeah. So I was like, this will be an easy, I'll tell, like, two people about it. And they'll come and they'll be proud of me. And it'll just be this nice thing. And then everybody was very encouraging after the fact. And then I think that just being validated that one time was enough that I started, like, playing more seriously and... I think and then in December I asked my friend Gina who would just I just knew that she was like studying music business and I asked her um, just you know if I wanted to start playing more shows what would I do and then she was like do you want to play sub T and I was like yeah it's <laughs> just like man that's just jumping right in though I mean yeah, that's a it, real venue it was great I mean it was like a pretty it was a really casual event right. like it was. I don't even really remember what it was for, but I, I played first and just did a couple songs and it was so nice. Like tons of my burlesque friends came out and my like friend made a poster for me and everything. It was really cute. And then after that, I recorded a very humble, like couple acoustic songs. And then I just kept playing. I don't know. And then this past August, I just, I did like 12 shows in a month. So That's, Okay. So yeah. So, so let's, Yes. Man, like, no, no, no. Again, I love that that the story is progressing like that. Like when you were first starting out, and, and like those first couple times, were you like, you know, like two minutes away from going on stage, being like, "Fuck, I made a mistake. Like, I need to, like, I I gotta go." Yeah. Did you have this intense fear of like, or were you just like, "Fuck it," like I'm ready to do this? I was so nervous, like profoundly nervous, and especially yeah, because it was like I don't think, and this has happened in like in my burlesque work and. In anything that I've done, I don't realize, like, how intimate and personal it is until I'm, like, about to do it. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm really telling them everything. <laughs> like, they're going to know everything about me after this. Um, and, yeah, and it was funny, too, because I had a moment after I had released just even those, like, little cute demos mm -hmm. where I, like, announced it to, like, my friends basically and even then I felt like a piece of myself I had just like given it away and it was strange because it was like this immense burden had been lifted but I like was familiar with that burden 
and to like have it gone, it was it was a very strange thing. So every time before I would go on stage, it was almost like I'm about to like sacrifice a piece of myself, kind of. Sure. I mean, I think that's that's it's a good description of being an artist, you know. Yeah. And just like I think anything, like doing a reading or like being in a performance or a play or anything, it's just like you're definitely putting yourself out there, mm-hmm. and any any one person could just be like, fuck you. You know, like all it takes is <laughs> yeah. one person to just be just shitty. I know. It's so funny. I, well, cause it's never happened at a show before, but I just had like a so far video um, posted on oh, YouTube. Yeah, yeah. And the only comment is one dude just went terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like, for sure. Okay. Welcome to the internet. I yeah. loved it. I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> sir. Yeah. Um, I know. <laughs> yeah. But that's like, that's like any Yelp page. Like no one writes a Yelp review being like, this was the best restaurant. Like, I love their service. They took such great care of us. The steak mm-hmm. is so good. No, people are just like, well, the waiter <laughs> didn't make eye contact. And you're just like, shut the fuck up. So, yeah. like, nobody takes good comments online. Mm-hmm. No. So, they- that's amazing, <laughs> No, I was actually, like, very excited about it. I was like, oh, my first troll, you know? And in that moment where you're like, oh, I'm- this is nothing to worry about. For a second, it was like, you know, that's unsavory. But also, like... Uh, whatever. It's the internet. It's totally the internet. Yeah. The internet's just garbage. Everything became Reddit. It used to just yeah. be that Reddit was Reddit, and then everything became Reddit. Mm-hmm. So. I s- yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. Um, so now you've got a couple songs recorded, and um, so Julia sent us two songs. Are those out right now, Meow and Lullaby, or...? They will be. They they're will be. Okay. going. They're being mastered right now, and so the deadline we said was... January 1st, so that is in one day. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. Wow, yeah. Um, but I, yeah, because initially we wanted to have it released, like, mid-December, but I think waiting until the, after the holidays just makes more sense anyways. Totally, yeah. yeah. Everything gets lost in this shuffle right now. Yeah, nobody even knows what, sta- what day it is, Not so it's no. fine. Um, and you did one of the songs, um, Meow, with a full band, right? Mm-hmm. Was that your first time doing that? Yeah. Talk about that experience. <laughs> Bless you. Excuse me. I don't think I've ever sneezed on the podcast before. Oh, yeah. Maybe. I don't know. It, happened. it was a good sneeze. Thanks. Um, <laughs> but more interestingly, uh, oh. tell me about the, yeah, working with the band. Um, it <clears throat> was crazy. I mean, it's been really, really fun. I had, yeah, I mean, I was playing alone, and the first time I had played with other people was, like, September, maybe? Mm-hmm. Maybe October? Um, Steph Rohde had seen... Uh, a video that I had posted and approached me and just asked if I wanted to play sometime. And so I roped her into like being part of my crew for a little bit. Um, and it was really, I mean, playing with a drummer, I had been wanting to for a really long time. And, and still my like ultimate vision is to have like a full production, like a, a full band. Yeah. Um, though I, I do love playing solo, but I just feel like there's more potential with more people. It's a different experience. It definitely is. And yeah. so it was really fun. Um, and yeah, and like throwing bass on it. Like I just, I never even real, like I listen to music differently now because of it. And that's been, it, I mean, I, I, I just love all of it. It's been very fun. Um, and it wasn't really until recording, because I just really wanted to like get something together. I like sure. wanted to have something better than, than the demos that I had um, just out. Um, and I was like, wow, I just got very humbled by all of it, I think. And not that I thought I was like, oh, this is going to be so easy. Recording also was like very nerve wracking. And I didn't realize 
how much it would be until, you know, you see the red light go up and then, you know. It becomes real. Yes, it does. And I think that also going from playing solo all the time, I got to just follow what I was feeling. And so if I wanted to hold something longer, I could and just like really live moment to moment in it, which is a privilege that I didn't, you know, really think about until I had to start considering other people and like, we're all going to sound like shit if we're like not together. Right. Am I allowed to curse? I Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That's the fun of a podcast. Yes. Yeah. Marian, I do love it. <laughs> <laughs> that is literally the number one question I get. Oh, really? You're like, can I swear? I'm like, yeah. Give a yeah, shit. Like, I don't, I don't, who's listening? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it was, uh, I think, I mean, it's good. It's, it's forced me to be a little bit more disciplined, mm-hmm. which I really needed. And I was like, every time that I was rehearsing, I was like, oh, I was like, I'll put it off. You know, I don't want to work. <laughs> and so like playing with other people, I mean, it's, it's, it's just so thrilling because I, I feel like it's so much more emotive and it's really, there's something so special when you like lock in together and when a song just starts making sense with other people and you're just like having this conversation without saying anything and it's the most beautiful feeling. And so I do love playing with other people. And really, honestly, it's just like the most difficult part about like playing with a band is like scheduling. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is, that's a huge part of it. Yeah. It's just lining up everybody where like they're all on the same page at the same time. Yeah. So I guess what's next for you? Like, what do you see yourself doing? Like more burlesque, more band performing, more solo stuff, more what's on deck for you next year? I don't know. I'm just going to follow it, really. I um, I doubt I'll be doing much burlesque. Burlesque is kind of, I do it for like self-care now. Like now it's become reverse where I dance in private, but um, it really is, it just like kind of fuels the like stage persona that I've created and um and yeah you have this very like um vintage persona mm-hmm. on stage like all the photos and everything like that it's it's very much a look i think it's hilarious yeah <laughs> i think i really hope that i mean sometimes i i mean you can't worry about it too long cuz people are going to think whatever they're going to think but i when you go to my Instagram, it's just pictures of me on the beach, you know? Like, it's it's a little bit, and I mean this as the highest compliment. It's uh-huh. a little extra. It's so funny. Okay. But yeah. like, but again, I mean that as a compliment, not as any kind of like shade. Mm-hmm. And when I was looking at the photos, when I was listening to your music, I was like, I mean, this is a very like niche thing to say for a small audience, but I was like, no wonder Julia Johannick likes this. <laughs> like the photos and the music, I was like, this is right up that alley. Yeah. <laughs> but but you do have a very distinct look and you have a very like vintage look yeah. in all of your presentation. So. Yeah. I mean, I uh, it's all a costume. <clears throat> and uh, there was a while where like, yeah, for like last year, I kind of tried to dress like that on my day to day. Just so... and. It, I don't know. Now it feels a little bit outside of myself, but I feel like that's kind of the whole idea is that for me to get on stage and really like speak like my, my truth or like really what's going on inside of me, I have to feel like somebody else. Like it has sure, to be you have like to be a character. Me. Yeah. I mean, all the greats have done that. Bowie, Manson. It all makes sense. <laughs> the two greats. And it, yeah, <laughs> that's it. The two genders. <laughs> Jesus and God. Right. Um, yeah, no, I mean, and it's like an unconscious thing. I don't even think that I like recognized that I did it, um, until much later on, but yeah. So like I, I keep dancing because it just keeps influencing this, like, cause I think even when I get on stage, like 
my voice gets much lower, which mm-hmm. has never been on purpose. It's just something that I've like noticed. And so it's just like further research, but I don't, I, I'll perform out every so often, like whenever I need to be like validated very loudly, <laughs> I'll, I'll go do that. Sure. Um, but I, my, the idea is I'll probably do a mix of playing solo and with a band. Cause I think with a band, we're still kind of navigating those waters. I'm still learning that process and like how it's going to be for me and, uh, playing, I just, I like playing solo and, um, I just like, yeah, I like performing. So I think whenever like an opportunity comes up, it's really hard for me to say no. Mm-hmm. And just, yeah, I mean, I'm just uh, really trying to improve. We're going down to South by, so. That's exciting. I'm really excited about that. Is this your first, is this going to be your first time or? I went last year as a spectator, just okay. trying yeah. to like see what that world would be like. <clears throat> and this year I'm going to be playing. And I, I think the idea is one of them at least is going to be with a band. And then I'm going to try to just do songwriter showcases or something like that. We have, <laughs> I have no idea really what's going on, but that's the plan. That's exciting though. South by is, it's, it's a time, man. It's I fun. love it. Yeah. I love yeah, Texas. It's great. I had ice cream every single day I was there last. It's vacation. It it's is. spring break forever. It really is. <laughs> um, where can people find your music? Where can people find out more about you? Um, you can follow my Instagram. That's always a good spot. If you want to look at my face a bunch, it's all over the place. Uh, and what then is the URL. Oh, uh, at Uma Blue, okay. U-M-A-B-L-O-O. Cool. Um, and uh, Bandcamp. I, I have a, yeah, Bandcamp's probably the better one to stick with. I think we're going to try to get on Spotify uh, once the singles come out. Yeah. Um, but uh, Bandcamp and Instagram are the, for sure, that's where I'm at. Great platforms. Yeah, and Bandcamp mm-hmm. is killer for artists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this is awesome. I'm really glad we got to connect. Um, yes, thank you. Something we do on this podcast a lot is we like bring people back like six months or a year later and check in with like the new things you have going on. So like as you have new projects happening in 2018, please like you know how to get in touch with me. Like we'll bring you back on. Oh, I would love that. Uh, Uma Blue, this is awesome. Talking about like breaking out of your shell and really like conquering fear and just going for it. I love it. That's killer. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. Yes. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. (laughs) You've been listening to a production of Dynasty Podcasts. Find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the dynamic dynasty, Dynasty Descend.